focus. Focus. The tide is coming in. But we've just begun our picnic. We aren't done with our game. Collect your beach blankets and playthings while you can. For the tide waits. For no man. Alright, let's do this. Alright, welcome back to another exciting episode of Processing College Football, the college football podcast designed to educate and entertain. I am your host, Jason Randazza, with my co-host, Mark Catlin. Mark Catlin, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm ready to educate and entertain. Me too. Uh, more so entertain than educate. But mm. uh, this is our episode number 11. It's our week 10 review, our week 11 preview. Uh, and as always, if you have questions you want us to answer, topics you want us to discuss, or terms you want us to define, send them in. You can reach us on Twitter at processing cfb or by email at processing college football at gmail.com mark week 10 was pretty exciting so we got uh, mm -hmm. a little bit of a reprieve there the last couple of weeks but week 10 is like okay you've relaxed we got seven top 25 matchups and uh, there was some more chaos not quite week seven level but there was notable chaos it was great. It was a great weekend of football. I enjoyed watching it and uh, can't wait to, to chop it up a little bit about it. Yeah, but first, let's process some things at the top of the show. And as will be revealed later on in this podcast, this first thing I want to process is a little bit selfish. But something, mm -hmm. just something over the weekend made me think of it. And mm. that is... How are bowl games picked? Like, how is it decided who goes to what bowl game? Yeah, it is It is a little complicated. However, if you wanted to know the simple formula, and you can look it up because there's a ton of bowls, mm -hmm. unfortunately. <laughs> so we were talking about things like the Camping World Bowl. I love Camping World. Um, or, like, it might be the CampingWorld.com Bowl. You never know when the .com is going to show up. Um, but essentially, there's a ton of bowls out there, and the way that it works is usually conferences have tie-ins with bowls. Mm -hmm. You think about the bigger bowls that people know. So, like the Sugar Bowl, for example, is usually the SEC versus Big 12 when it's not serving as a semifinal game. The Rose Bowl would be like the Pac-12 versus Big 10 when the Rose Bowl is not the semifinal game, and the Orange Bowl is going to be ACC versus the highest-ranked SEC Big 10 um, or Notre Dame. Dame. Uh, so when it's not a semifinal game. So in other words, you have like the Sugar Bowl. It's got conference tie-ins and contracts with these conferences with the SEC and Big 12, the Rose, mm -hmm. the Pac-12, Big 10, or for the ACC, and then whoever they want to take out after the ACC. So uh, those conference tie-ins kind of have contracts, or the conferences have contracts with the Bulls, and so that's kind of how they select it. Um, of course, the playoff games are going to be selected by the committee, just the top four, and then they choose where the teams are going to be and who they're going to play. And, and that kind of goes all the way down. It's not just the big bowls where there's contracts. There's yeah. contracts with the bowls and different conferences throughout. And then after that, it's really about um, how how much money can a bowl make uh, off of the team. So considerations are things like how is the fan base going to travel mm -hmm. and what kind of viewership are they going to have. Those are kind of the big things. So there's contracts with conferences and bowls. They choose it based on that. And then um, how much money can the bowl make off of a particular team? It's okay. usually the second consideration. 
So, so maybe maybe I missed it there, but did you did you oh. say that one of those the the cotton or the sugar they they have a a deal with Conference USA? Is that right? Like maybe the <laughs> the person who finished like second or third in Conference USA got into one of those bowls? Well, actually, it's just a. Uh, now that UAB started up their program, it's a contract directly with UAB. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, so they just they're like, look, the Blazers, we want the Blazers. We want the we want the fire breathing dragons on our side. Okay. And so, yeah, it's it's a contract directly with the school, which is kind of cool. It's good for uh, the University of Alabama system, but especially the Blazers. Sure. Well, so okay, that explanation was illuminating, but uh, it didn't help me decide whether or not I can buy my my tickets for the Bahamas right now to attend the the Bahamas Bowl. Um, yeah, I, I would probably hold off. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, real quick, maybe you know the answer to this, and maybe you don't. W- when do they announce the bowl games? Uh, you know, I mean, th- I'm guessing after the last week of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, a, the the shortest answer is to say once the conferences are decided, like the the rankings are decided. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, once you're able to see where people stand within their conferences, because the bowls have tie-ins with conferences, but then they'll take like the top team from Conference USA, and then another bowl have the second best team, then the third best team for another bowl, and so they have to wait to see how the standings kind of shake out. So after the after the regular season and after conference championships, we'll start to see. The matchups uh, so, take shape. So when you talk about like fans traveling, they basically have just a couple of weeks to book their accommodations. Sometimes not even that long. I'm guessing for the lesser bowls that happen uh, real quick there after the end of the season. Yeah, you usually have you know two, two, three weeks maybe. Okay. Next thing I want to talk about real briefly is we're actually recording this as the playoff rankings for the 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 second playoff rankings are being announced right now. So we haven't checked into what those are. But I wanted to ask you, do you see any movement in the top four? Both Alabama and Georgia uh, win their respective games. They both won it 24-10. to 10. Um, Of course, Alabama did it against a ranked team, and Georgia get it, did it against South Carolina. For what Mighty Gamecocks. Mighty it's Gamecocks. Worth, it's then worth Notre Dame and Clemson also both won their games. Uh, and uh, Notre Dame, I think, in slightly more... Uh, impressive fashion um, yeah I mean I, th- I don't think the top four changes in fact I, I think the top five probably stays exactly the same because Oklahoma, Oklahoma was five okay. they won I think it probably stays the same Alabama didn't do enough to good to jump Georgia sure. Georgia didn't play bad enough to drop below Alabama sure. Notre Dame and Clemson won I mean nobody was that impressive honestly right um, but yeah and then it'll stay the same. And then below that, we have a little bit of the the chaos we alluded to, which we're mm-hmm. going to start talking about right now. Let's our do it. Week ten review. So as we said last week, we had seven top twenty-five matchups. The first game we talked about, which I'll keep as the first game, it was the Penn State who came into this game ranked number seven against Michigan State, who was mm-hmm. number twenty-four. Penn State was a nine-point favorite. Final score was 27-24 to 24, Michigan State. This was a seven-hour game thanks to a three-hour lightning delay. So, Mark, let me, let me ask you something about Michigan State. Sure. 
is it possible that Michigan State is somehow energized by inclement weather like rain <laughs> and lightning? Okay, no, you're laughing, but hear me out. Okay, so uh, I, they, I were expe- this, huh? they were expected to lose to Michigan. The weather was poor, and they win. They were mm-hmm. expected to lose to Notre Dame. The weather was fine, and they lose. So I was doing some research, and did you know that Michigan State, so they're located in East Lansing, okay? Yes. If yes. you rearrange the letters in East Lansing, you get... <laughs> slanting sea and i know what you're thinking you're thinking that's crazy you know seas don't slant they're they're flat how can a sea slant but think about it seas are made of water water slants when it's raining i i think i have something here so they are somehow supernaturally energized by uh this inclement weather i think that's why they won this game that's why they they won the the michigan game it just makes sense so that's my theory it's important oh. to note that I actually spent some real time coming up with it <laughs> instead of instead of researching any you know meaningful analysis of this game. I, I will say this: the slanting scene is, is, uh, is creative. How com- how compelling, however, I'm not quite sure. Um, but I do like that. How long did it take you to come up with slanting scene? Uh, I I think it was the only. Slightly weather-based thing in the anagram finder that I used online. So, oh. <laughs> I don't know. You used the anagram finder. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I do, I do, see, here's the thing. There is something to it in terms of uh, the Big Ten playing outdoors, crazy weather. Mm-hmm. They know how to plan it. Um, the Michigan game. I mean, this is probably less compelling than the slanting sea, but. Um, Continue. You know the Mich- the Michigan game. Michigan State was ahead yeah. when the rain rain started, and nobody scored after that. So it was like whoever was ahead when it started raining was going to win. And then the Penn State game. I think. I mean, it's interesting to to think about one. I don't. Penn State just didn't play very well, but uh-huh. two. I think you know when you have a delay like that, and it's at Michigan State. The facilities to house the home team are a lot better. So when a delay happens, you have mm-hmm. all all your facilities uh, available to you. Like you can, you know, spread the team out. You can put them in a hot tub to keep them loose. You can, you know, you have all the massage tables that you normally have to keep them loose. And then Penn State's just kind of cr- crammed in there. I think they gave them a little extra space, maybe like in the media room. But, man, a three-hour delay after you've, like, warmed up and gone through all the process to get ready for the game, and then you start playing, then you have to stop. Yeah. Um, Michigan State's just going to be physically a lot a lot, in, in just better shape in terms mm-hmm. of how they're able to keep loose and those sort of things because of the facilities. That are, I, and uh, you can't minimize that. I think that had an, uh, probably had an effect. If the delay doesn't happen, you might see uh, Penn State win. But I mean, the other thing is... Uh, people may have figured out Penn State a little bit. Right, so that's what I was also thinking. Because Saquon Barkley had another not great game. Trace McSorley not so great either. But as far as the weather goes, that would be my my inclination to think how those games are affected. The slanting sea, though, I'll have to do some research into I, I think you should. The slanting I mean, sea. not only the slanting sea, I mean, that's one thing, but also I have two whole data points which 
I drew that conclusion from, and I, I think that's enough. Wait, uh, you had two whole ones? I thought you had two halves. I had two whole ones. <laughs> ah, okay. I might have changed my mind. Here's 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 my suggestion for the slanting C. Uh-huh. I, think that, I think that needs to be the hashtag at the end. <laughs> hashtag slanting C. <laughs> Oh, very possibly. All right, next up, I actually want to stay in the Big Ten uh, to a game that we only very barely talked about, and that's yeah. Ohio State-Iowa. Yeah. So, Ohio State goes into this game an 18-point favorite. Final score was 55-24, to 24, Iowa. So, like I said, we mentioned this... <clears throat> at, at, as our very last game last week, it, we almost didn't cover it. it. It seemed like a foregone conclusion, frankly, again. Um, we both agreed that Ohio State would win big, and I said they'd win by 24 points, and I don't think you gave a score, but you sort of agreed. Uh, and, and that was a presumptive winner we were giving 24 points. We didn't even give the presumptive winner the 31 points that Iowa ended up winning this game by, um, which is nuts. Um, but Last week, when you were talking about this game, uh, you actually said, you know, Iowa's a tough team. Uh, they took Penn State to the last play in the game. Um, Iowa has a stingy defense. But you you felt, and I felt, that o- Ohio State was on a high. Um, and we thought, given JT Barrett's performance the week prior, he was going to come out uh, guns blazing, and Ohio State was going to mow them down, I believe, was was your phrasing. Um, JT Barrett was not great in this game. Um, he did throw for 208 yards, but only 18 of 34 um, on the night. And the worst part really is that he threw four interceptions. Um, Iowa's total production was 487 yards. Ohio State's was 371. Um but I, I don't know. I think that Ohio State also, like, another thing that killed them, so four, four turnovers, four interceptions, and then they had just a crap ton of penalty. They lost on almost 100 yards in penalties. Um, and and y- you watch this game, and I, I have to admit, you know, being an Alabama fan in, in recent history with Ohio State, I was, like, giddy. You know, like, the, the Penn State, Michigan State was on on another channel, and they were tied, I think, uh, Bedlam, the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game was on, and they were like back and forth. And Iowa was up big, and I could not turn away. Uh, it was a a, de- a delightful train wreck. Oh, I, I was I was loving it. I loved every second. Of it. it was beautiful. It was wonderful. And I mean, so yeah, I'm I'm really glad because, like I said, and like they showed, if JT Barrett gets hot, uh, Ohio State's basically unstoppable. Mm-hmm. But everything seemingly just kind of depends on JT Barrett. If he he's so, and I'm going to go back to my word for this entire year, inconsistent in the way that he plays. And so I'm glad Ohio State's out of it. I don't think that there's a team now that can come out of the Big Ten into the playoff that could really challenge Alabama. Um, like Wisconsin, I just, uh, their strengths matched up against our strengths were just better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we beat them. Penn State's now out, I think. Ohio State's out. So this is just great. This is wonderful. Um, and yeah, I mean, we got the analysis wrong. It's like I, I thought what JT Barrett needed coming out of that Penn State win is to show up in a big game, play well, and uh, that would be the confidence boost. And he could just kind of ride that high. I mean, he could have ridden that. 
and gone on to us to see them and won the Heisman with yeah. the way that with the way that uh, Saquon Barkley is now playing. I mean, it seems like people have kind of figured out how to slow him down. Dude, that, it was his, and now it's Baker Mayfield's probably, you yeah. know. I know, it's a different person but, every week, though. But it's like, I, I, it's hard to understand what happened. It's hard to understand. You just got back in the race. You beat the team that you needed to beat, and then you go to Iowa, and you get absolutely destroyed. Totally. Um, annihilated. I, I don't know, just yet. Just, but I loved watching it. I love I loved watching Urban Meyer lose. I love watching Ohio State lose, so. I got no problems with it. Yeah, good job, Hawkeyes. That was uh, an exciting... Dude, and by the way, one of the most amazing things that I really love, and it's become a story now, is the hospital. Yeah, that's the right children's there. hospital is right there. What a there. cool thing. Can you imagine being in that hospital, that children's hospital, watching that game, just the excitement of it? And so the fact that like all the fans like turn around and they, and they wave. acknowledge what's good. Oh, it's awesome. I love yeah. it. That's one of the, I think that's one of the coolest things in a college football stadium in the country. Yeah, good job, Hawkeyes. Well done. Love it. Uh, there was uh, a kid they featured, I think prior to the game, who said that he really wanted uh, the Hawkeyes to win. I think his name was Sam. He wanted the Hawkeyes to win on a um, uh, like a, a fake punt or something or yeah. some sort of trick play. Uh, yeah. So, and I think they had one in the game. They didn't really yeah. need it. Um, I, I was looking it up online. Apparently, it's a very old play, and it's called a polecat something or other. I don't know. <laughs> but he, he got what he wanted, and they yeah, definitely that's awesome, won. Um, there you go, Sam. Here's to you, man. Good job, buddy. All right. Uh, well, so one last question before we move on. Ohio State came into this rank number six. How far do you think they fall? In the college football playoff mm-hmm. poll? Um Oh, dude, they should fall a ways. Second loss, pretty badly. Uh, I, th- I think they're. I think they're out of the top ten. Uh, and you definitely think they're out of playoff contention. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You can't. Yeah, you can't lose twice. You can't lose at home. Um, and then <laughs> fifty-five to twenty-four. It wasn't even really that close. No, it wasn't. Um, you can't you can't do that and make the playoffs. Even if they win the Big Ten championship somehow, it, there's no just just stop. Yeah. So I th- I think they're out of the top ten. If I had to be specific, I'd say twelve. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, let's talk about Clemson number four playing against NC State number twenty. Clemson a seven and a half point favorite. They won by seven points. Final score was thirty eight to thirty one. Uh, back and forth in this game, you picked NC State, uh, which is important to know because it was wrong. Um, NC State was leading <laughs> for huge portions of this game, um, yeah. and uh, and then after halftime, Clemson just came back. So we we were texting back and forth at the beginning. NC State really looked like the better team out there. Oh, they did for and, sure. And so when <clears throat> Clemson came around and turned it around after halftime, it was a little bit surprising. Um, Although it was hard fought, it, it wasn't like NC State was ever completely out of it. I think they were down maybe two touchdowns at one point. Um, yeah, they had their chances. You know, they just didn't. They didn't do what they needed to do, and uh, that's the that's the difference between good and great teams is when you have the opportunity to take advantage of them. That's what everybody says, you know, about playing Alabama is if you make a mistake, Alabama capitalizes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the difference, you know, between good and great teams. You have those opportunities to win and you take advantage of them. NC State could have won the game several times. 
and they just they didn't they didn't pull it out. But I still feel good about my pick. Um, I think they could have easily, but sure. Clemson's just a better team. I picked a lot. I think I might, apart from like Alabama winning, I might have gone over this week. No Arizona. I got my, my Wildcats in there. But yeah, I picked a lot of you know close games. I picked a lot of upsets, mm-hmm. but they didn't happen. Did you happen to get to see that Ray Ray McLeod seventy-seven yard punt return? No. So, for those listening at home, you should go back and watch this. I think they wrote articles on this run. It was it was a punt return. It was seventy-seven yards, and it, it tied the game up. But basically this guy he evaded like five tacklers and i say evaded but really they all got hands on him and he was just able to shake them off and really he didn't really seem like he was he was slowed down it was a, a pretty incredible run anyway uh good job clemson i guess you can stay number four for now <laughs> next we have stanford playing against wazoo uh wazoo slightly more than nope slightly less than a field goal favorite on this one and they ended up winning by a field goal. Luke Falk, quarterback for Wazoo, uh, had three touchdown passes. Pretty good. He threw the ball 48 times in this game uh, and completed it 34 times. I don't know what his total yardage was, but uh, he, he was pretty good. Um, this looked like it was an exciting game. Again, it was Pac-12, so I didn't stay up to watch it. Any notes for it? No, it's sad. Stanford, you know, pick them to come out of the north. Doesn't look like that's going to happen, but uh, we'll see. I think things are decided up there. We'll see how it all plays out, but sure. Pack twelve. A few weeks left. Riding the playoff struggle bus. <laughs> so we'll we'll I see. I don't know who's on the non-struggle bus at this point. Um, uh, well, SEC, I guess. Uh, next, so let's, let's talk bedlam. Oklahoma, ranked number five coming into this, played against number 11 ranked Oklahoma State, and it was supposed to be a close one. Oklahoma State was projected to win by about two and a half points. Final score on this, 62-52, to 52, Oklahoma. Uh, I said that Baker Mayfield had a chip on his shoulder, and he did, uh, and that chip helped him throw for 598 yards on 24 passes. He had five touchdown passes. He did have two interceptions. Uh, like I said earlier, Baker Mayfield was Saturday's Heisman winner. Um, I, because of this game, I kind of have a new system for watching Big 12 games. I watch only the last few minutes. It's, it's like basketball. Nothing happens in the first 90% of the game that matters. You just watch the last few minutes, and, and you really see all you need to know. Um, I hated everything about this <laughs> I mean, I don't even, like, it, it looks like a, it, not only is it like a basketball game, this is a basketball score. Um, there's no defense. It's completely pointless. And I, I don't know, I hated everything about it. I hated that Oklahoma won. I hated how they play, I hate how they play football. It's just, it's utterly pointless. It's 2 to 52, and you put in the notes here in parentheses, uh, no overtime. Yeah, um, right. Because it seems like it, it would be, but it was 38 to 38 at halftime. Yeah. Like, it, uh, and it's not because, like, you have powerful offenses and all that stuff. Just play defense, tackle somebody. 
cover somebody. They just do something. So teams like this, uh, has it been your experience? Teams like this, when they do play a team that focuses on defense, like Alabama, say, do they do well because they're so much favoring offense, or do they do extremely poorly? Uh... They don't score 62 or 52 <laughs> points, I can tell you that. I mean, uh, it's just, it's abominable. You know, I, I mean, the the closest that you come to something like this is when Oklahoma played Alabama in the Sugar Bowl several years ago when Trevor McKnight was playing for Oklahoma, and they came out and scored, maybe they scored 35 points even mm-hmm. um, in the first half. But there was a whole bunch of circumstances around that that did that. They scored only one offensive touchdown in the in the second half but it was it was a rough game but generally speaking what happens is good offenses get shut down by good defenses um, and if you don't show up to play defense against somebody like Alabama you're going to give up a lot of points too mm-hmm. so I mean it, it just so if Alabama plays Oklahoma State and, and wins 62 to 52 Mm-hmm. I'm I'm literally I'm, no Alabama. You're done. Shouldn't be in the college football playoff. The worst team in the history of college football. This happens, and it's like, oh, Oklahoma man, they're back in the college football playoff race. This is a this is abominable. This is a disgrace <laughs> to college football. It should be a disgrace to the history of Oklahoma football. Built really? on defense, you give up 52 points. It's sad. Did Get Oklahoma used to play defense? Is that something yeah. they used to do? Yeah, every, everybody. Did. So this isn't a tradition that the, the Big 12 just has, is that they just... Well, the Big 12 is not that old. It used to be the Southwest Conference. Maybe we can talk about how conferences have developed and processing sure. college football, but uh, it's just embarrassing. It should be embarrassing. It should be embarrassing. You should you should be like, okay, we won, we're going to move on, and we're just not going to talk about it anymore because it's <laughs> embarrassing. All right, let's talk about some teams that did play a little bit of defense. Alabama... Number two, playing against number 19, LSU. Alabama expected to win by three touchdowns here. They ended up winning by two. Final score was 24-10. to 10. So, big news out of this game was there were, it seems like, season-ending injuries for Mac Wilson and Sean Deon Hamilton. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick also got banked up. I th- He came back into play for the later part of the game, but he looked like he was struggling a little bit. Um, uh, what's your read on this game? Yeah, uh, I mean, I was disappointed. Um, it, it was it was a really interesting game to watch. We basically did, uh, I guess, well, I'll say the negatives take away. Um, the offense struggled. LSU outgained us. Our offensive line didn't pass protect very well at all. Didn't run block very well at all. Really ran for maybe 116 yards. We've been averaging almost 300. Um, so that's a lot of bad things to take away. Uh, LSU actually outrushed us. Um, I think we probably gave up our longest run of the game to Dean Williams uh, for LSU. But that's after, like, when you consider who was hurt on defense, mm-hmm. um, with Minka being hampered by hamstring, Sean Deion Hamilton broke his kneecap, and Matt Wilson. Uh, he had to have surgery on his foot on Sunday. So when you consider that that's – and then Rashawn Evans was also out of the game for a portion of it, who's our starting middle linebacker with uh, he tweaked an ankle. 
that's basically like Mika and Rashawn Evans are going to call the defense and get everybody where they're supposed to be. They're also, um, you know, basically all American caliber at their position. Some people are talking about Mika maybe should win the Heisman because of mm-hmm. how many different positions he can play on defense and what an important part is. So you take those guys off the field and you put Darius Geis and D. Williams out there running the football, they're going to gain some yards. So, I. Uh, I think offensively it was rough. Defensively, I was kind of—I wasn't excited about how the game was going, but I was pretty happy with how our backups were able to hold up. At least, you know, it, it kind of felt like, man, we should be up by more. But it also yeah. never felt like LSU really might win this game. Sure. Um, so all that. I think positively. Um, I think it was basically the way I would describe this is this is what it's going to look like if Alabama is forced to win by passing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jalen Hurts had more than any time that I've seen, he made good decisions of when to yeah. stay in the pocket, when to leave. He had some amazing throws, like that one to Cam Sims on the sideline mm-hmm. after he scrambled a little bit. There were four LSU guys around Cam Sims, and somehow he just got it in this tiny little window to get a first down. Uh, he spun away from the defense on an important third down and got a uh, first down coming all the way across the field. So, I mean, the thing is, Jalen is a football player. You know what I mean? He's not like this pure pocket passer. He's not a pure runner. But he just kind of gets the job done. And so uh, I really, at the end of the day, I think the way Saban and Dable probably think about Jalen is we just trust him to win the football game. Sure. Um, so put it in his hands, see what's going to happen. But I think this is the sort of thing LSU stacked their guys around the line of scrimmage to try to stop the running game. And they pretty much did. I mean, we got some runs here and there. But Jalen did a good job throwing the ball and making plays, and we beat him. And so LSU's got a good defense. I was proud and, and happy with how Jalen played overall. I agree. He actually started to get a little bit of Heisman buzz, which I don't feel confident he's going to win the Heisman, but it was nice to hear because it was basically an endorsement of how he played. Um, and I agree. He did play well. Uh, and, and, it, and it kind of depends on like what you think the Heisman's about. If it's about the importance to the team and Alabama being – the best or one of the best teams in the country. Uh, I mean, without Jalen Hurts playing the way that he has, we, we lose against LSU. Sure. You know, and and when we get sparked on offense, it's usually because Jalen Hurts is making a play here or there. Uh-huh. Um, and he can run and he can throw. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I don't think he's going to win the Heisman, but hey, everybody thought Saquon Barkley had this thing locked in. That's all of a sudden, true. it's wide open. Then it was JT Barrett. Now it's Baker Mayfield. Why not Jalen Hurts? Uh, another important thing to maybe something to be pr- proud of too is Alabama put up exactly the same number of points against LSU that Troy did. So there you go, Alabama. Good job, Bama. There you go. State Alabama just puts up twenty four. How much did Auburn put up against LSU? Um. Oh God. You know what? I think it was in the final score twenty four twenty seven. Am I wrong? I think that might be the case. Here, let's look it up. Let's see what the Google say. 23. Oh, so, uh, see, Auburn sucks. That, that's that makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the power rankings of Alabama football have always been Alabama, Troy, then Auburn, if you're considering those three. UAB is in a class all their own. Um, but next, <laughs> let's talk about Miami, number 10, 
playing against Virginia Tech, number 13. Virginia Tech was favored here. Miami won it 28-10. to uh, I said last week that Miami's luck would run out here because they kept playing teams close, but instead they get this real statement win. Um, Tech was playing from behind the whole time. They get a field goal, then a touchdown on a drive uh, from an interception uh, to get them to 14-10, to 10, but that's as close as they ever got. Um, I think... Uh, yeah, it was it was fourteen to nothing for a good bit of the game, and then they got those ten points, and then Miami just ends it. <clears throat> yeah, this is really interesting. I mean, uh, so Miami's undefeated now, which is amazingly impressive, uh, especially given everything around um, the Hurricanes, not the Miami Hurricanes, but the actual Hurricanes that have happened. You've seen some of the other Florida teams struggle. Um, and I think there's a lot of reasons there, but the Hurricanes complicate matters. It's extremely impressive what they're doing in my mind, and I think, um, I don't think the committee's going to do this, but if I were the committee, I mean, right now, basically, I think this is right. You have four undefeated Power 5 teams. Mm-hmm. Alabama, Georgia, Miami, and Wisconsin. Right. I At this point in the season, with the way things have gone, that would be my top four in some order. To really? reward to reward the fact that okay, well maybe they haven't played anybody. Okay, well Oklahoma lost to Iowa State. They were supposed to beat them, weren't they? Sure. But they didn't. So Wisconsin, maybe they haven't played tough teams, but they've beaten who they're supposed to beat. Alabama's beaten who they're supposed to beat. Georgia's beaten who they're supposed to beat. Miami's beaten who they're supposed to beat. And they have now a really good win over Virginia Tech. I think you would have to make an argument why should they not be, given the fact that they've beaten who they should beat and have won all their games. But what about Notre Dame, who lost, whose only loss is to a, like by a point to, to Georgia, and they actually have a number of uh, wins over other ranked opponents, right? They lost. I'm just saying, like, why not reward the teams that have won all their games? Uh, it, it makes sense, sure. I mean, at this point in the season, I don't know why you wouldn't do that. Right, because these playoff rankings don't really matter for another couple weeks. That's what Saban says. <laughs> All right, uh, and finally, before we just hit up some quick, quick picks uh, that we had for last week, Arizona, uh, ranked number 22 coming into the game, played against USC. Uh, USC slightly more than a, a, a touchdown favorite here. They ended up winning it 49-35. to Um so the disappointing thing to come out of this game, and again, it was a late game, so I didn't really pay attention to it. Um, Khalil Tate didn't have the greatest game, um, but something kind of nice coming out afterwards. I don't know if you saw any of the footage, but basically, I think he was struggling with the loss and his performance. And the USC players basically all came over and and kind of like, you know, comforted him and gave him a pat on the back. Uh I mean, they still won, so they're not going to take that back. But uh, it, it was a nice <laughs> hey, bit of buddy, play. Hey, buddy. Sorry we won. Hey, look. Let's make a deal. We'll cheer you up if we give you the W. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um, so that was nice. Yeah, that was sad. Um, uh, whatever. Children show up in one football game. I guess that's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's just get into our quick picks. First and foremost... UAB played Rice, expected to win by 11. They won 52 to 21, and they put themselves 
among the the elite few who are currently bowl eligible, and that is of course why I was pressing Mark on finding out how they pick these bowl games because I did a little research and it seems like either I'm going to Florida, Arizona, or New Orleans, or the Bahamas, if I want to watch them play in a bowl game at this point in time. Um, Some great places you might travel there for the old Blazers. <laughs> the the RNL Carriers Bowl. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, so congratulations to UAB on this win. Why uh, wouldn't they play, is it still called the Birmingham Bowl? So they do, so that's apparently a Conference USA alternate, I've been told. Yeah, I I don't know if they play there. Then I suppose I'll travel down to Birmingham again and watch it'd be, them. It'd be great. Why not reward UAB their first year back with a bowl game in their hometown? Let the crowd show up, cheer them on. Be great. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, all right, and next up, let's talk Auburn playing against Texas A and M. Auburn was expected to win by 15 and won by 15. It was pretty mm. one-sided here, really. Uh, at a certain point, I think the score was 14-13, but Auburn was racking up the yards, the first downs. Stidham looked pretty good, three touchdowns, uh, or three touchdown passes, and averaging about 10 yards per completion. I, th- I think like if he can play like this, uh, this next week he can give Georgia some trouble. Um, Texas A&M, I don't know. This They were Alabama's signature win. They didn't look so great here. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't really care about this game. All uh, right, moving on. Going like A&M, so it happens. Number one ranked Georgia playing against South Carolina. Georgia was expected to win by 24 points, and they put up 24 points, and South Carolina put up 10, ruining their day. I actually didn't even watch this game. Uh, I saw a little bit of it. I mean, look, Georgia looks like a pretty good football team. The combination of Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb is pretty insane. Defense looks fast. I'm just looking forward to an undefeated Alabama, undefeated Georgia playing an SEC championship game. Well, there could be a little bit of a a bump in the road this week, uh, but we will talk more about that in a second. Other things, just to wrap up, Notre Dame took care of business against Wake Forest, won that game 48-37. to Tennessee actually did beat Southern Miss. I didn't. Uh, I, I predicted that Southern Miss would win by a touchdown. But Tennessee won twenty four to ten. Uh, and that, really, the biggest news of the week was Baylor won. <laughs> yeah, right. So Baylor Shut. got their first and likely their only win of the season, thirty eight to nine against Kansas, uh, which really doesn't surprise anyone. And then disappointing news coming out of the other half of Iowa. Iowa State lost against West Virginia, so the the Cinderella story of Iowa State has faded a bit. Well, the I mean, you just want to, want to call the cycles, but guys, this is why you can't have nice things. <laughs> Everybody gets on your freaking bandwagon, and then you lose to West Virginia. Yeah, okay. 20 no. to 16. It was a disappointing loss. Yeah. Oh, well. All right, are you ready to talk some Week 11 football? You know I am, Jason. It's going to be a whole day of team sports and beer get the old heart rate up maybe pound a cheeseburger in the sun throw some butter on it you're gonna love it all right first we have georgia previously number one these are all old rank i'm not even going to say the rankings right now because we have no idea what they're going to be i guess we could look it up but i'm not going to so we have georgia playing against auburn suffice it to say they're both ranked auburn is expected to lose by about two and a half points. This is a 3.30 game on CBS. 
This is yet another example of East meets West. Last time this happened with Georgia, they played Mississippi State and they beat them 31-3. to uh, I don't want to give them too much credit and I don't want to give Auburn too little credit. I actually like the line a lot. I do think Auburn does end up losing, albeit narrowly. Uh, I, I have Georgia winning 27-24. Yeah, I'll take uh, Georgia by 7, 31-24. Okay. Alabama playing against Mississippi State. We actually have seven ranked versus ranked games this weekend, too. It's great. It's great. So, uh, Alabama, Mississippi State, another one of the two ranked teams playing against each other. Alabama expected to win by 14 points. This is a 7 p.m. game. You can catch it on ESPN. So, as we talked about earlier, Alabama is down two key defensive players, meaning I think they're down, like, four on the season. So, Alabama is... Deep. Four, four linebackers. Four linebackers. For the season. Yeah, it's pretty insane. So they're deep, but those new guys just they don't they don't have the reps that the other players had. And Mississippi yeah. State is is not a cream puff, despite what Georgia made them look like. Um, this game has me a little bit worried, uh, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Alabama playing from behind. Um, you know, even trailing by as much as fourteen points. Uh, but I think they ultimately win. I'm going to say 28 to 20. You know, I think, uh, I mean, there's going to be struggles on defense. I think it'll be a little more high scoring mm-hmm. than maybe you would expect. More Alabama will give up more points. I think Alabama's going to cover. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go 38-23. Okay. Alabama. All right. Next, we have Notre Dame playing Miami. At Miami, this is an 8 p.m. game on ABC. Um, Notre Dame's been great, no doubt about it, but I think Miami was a little disrespected. I think when the first playoff rankings came out, they were shocked. They were confused. They were like, wait, we don't just have to win. We have to win by a lot. And I think that that kind of, you know, like flipped the switch in their head. Um, so so now they've turned it on. Uh, I have them winning this one outright 24-14. to 14. Who do you have winning? Miami. Uh, I agree. I mean, this is this is great. I love seeing a good Notre Dame, good Miami team. This is reminiscent of the 1988 game, Notre Dame versus Miami Catholics versus convicts. Oh, right. I saw um, the 30 for 30. Oh, it's great. Just these teams don't like each other. It's wonderful. So uh, that game was pretty amazing. Notre Dame won 31 to 30. Uh, and pulled it out for the Catholics, uh, but the convicts are going to win this time around, and so we got. Uh, I got Miami winning. You got what? What did you say? You said twenty four fourteen. Yes. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty good. I'm going to go twenty eight twenty one, Miami. Okay. All right. Uh, next, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this game, but I decided to put the games in order of one, two, three, four. So fourth ranked Clemson playing against FSU. Mm. Clemson a sixteen point favorite. Three thirty on ESPN is where you can watch this. I think Clef- Clemson covers the spread. FSU's just been struggling all year. Uh, and I think I I, I just I don't know. I, it, I I think that Clemson is several standard deviations better than FSU at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think, I mean, FSU has had a tough season, but this is, I think this is kind of their Super Bowl right here. 
They're yeah. gonna they're gonna show up, and Florida State's gonna win it, thirty-one to thirty. No kidding. Yes, I'm kidding. That's not gonna happen. Okay. Clemson's gonna destroy them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, I heard that FSU is actually rescheduling the game that got canceled because of the hurricane, just so that they can uh, try to become bowl eligible. Wow, I did not hear that. Yeah, I got Clemson winning forty-five ten. It's gonna be ugly. Okay. I, I hope this isn't one of the games they're counting on to win to get bowl eligible. But maybe if it's a, a six-win FSU and it's like a nine-win UAB, then maybe they'll play each other in a bowl. And UAB will win. <laughs> UAB will win. Oklahoma playing against TCU as yeah, well. Dude, 8, some great games this week. Great. 8 p.m. on Fox. Uh, my notes say, I don't really think TCU is that great. Uh, but... Really, I think, I don't know, who cares? Uh, the the Big 12, like we said, is ridiculous. I think Baker Mayfield is going to maybe make short work of this. Um, so, again, this is a Big 12 game, so I'm going to turn, tune in at like 11.15 or something and watch him throw for like his fifth touchdown. The score will be something like 52-38. to 38. So so that's my pick. Oklahoma, 52-38. to 38. 52-38, to 38, Oklahoma. I'm going Horn Frogs. Really? Shooting blood out their eyes, and I'm gonna take TCU 146 to 145. <laughs> I mean, good lord, what is it gonna be? Uh, I think actually they'll play some defense in this game, so it'll only be like you know 48-47. I'm gonna go 48-45 Horn Frogs. Okay. All right, Ohio State is playing Michigan State. Uh. This is a noon game on Fox. Come on, Sparty. Obviously, Come on, Sparty. obviously, the question I have to ask is: Will there be inclement weather? Um, that is literally the only factor to consider in this game. Will Michigan Check the State forecast. rally the slanting sea to defeat Ohio State? If they do, then they win twenty-seven to twenty-four. Short of that, though, Ohio State comes back and wins it. Uh, but I don't think they cover. I have Ohio State winning this game thirty to seventeen again. Unless there's rain. Unless there's a slanting sea. <laughs> From what I understand, the sea is certainly slanting. And I'm going to take Sparty. Sparty wins it 21-17. JT Barrett throws 17 interceptions. <laughs> Sparty pulls it out. Or JT Barrett throws 17 touchdowns. Those are the only two options, apparently, for JT. And he's back in the Heisman race. No, I got I got Sparty twenty one seventeen. Okay, Oklahoma State's playing Iowa State. Oklahoma State touchdown favorite noon game on ABC. So Iowa State's a little fickle here. I really wanted to see them win last week, and they did not. So we have two data points that say they beat the ranked teams on their schedule, but two data points is only enough to draw conclusions on when you're talking about. The slanting sea. The rain gives Michigan State supernatural powers, so it doesn't apply here. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma State wins 38-31. Doesn't cover the spread. Uh, it's a push. Uh, I'm going to go Oklahoma State covers 30-20. to 20. Okay. Washington's playing Stanford. This is actually a Friday game at 10.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. So I was thinking about this. I don't know if you heard earlier in the year Washington's coach basically kept complaining that their team was doing so well and they kept not getting 
primetime spots on big networks. Yeah, and then who did they get obliterated by? Yeah, I don't really... Who did they get obliterated by? Kyle was Washington State, right? Yeah. See, we don't Arizona. Even... Arizona? Arizona State. Arizona, Arizona State. State. I think so. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So I almost think that the networks are still angry about that. Because not only is this still a 10.30 p.m. game, but it's on Friday, and it's on Fox Sports 1. And these are two ranked teams playing each other. At least I think Stanford's still ranked. Um, oh, sorry, they didn't get obliterated. They just lost 13-7 to to Arizona State. You scored seven points. Right. Uh, so this is actually my Pac-12 North Division winner versus yours, right? Yeah, so Stanford wins, obviously. So if Stanford loses, though, I, I think they're both... Uh, Wait, no. If Stanford wins, then they're both tied at 5-2 and two in the conference play, and Stanford, I think, gets a top spot. Um, but I have Washington winning this 31-21. Yeah, I think Chris Peterson's just so angry that it's on Friday at 10.30. Chris Peterson being the head coach of the Washington Huskies. Mm-hmm. He kind of blacks out, loses his mind, and Stanford runs away with it. They win 31-30. to 30. Okay. Next, we have UAB playing uh, UTSA. UAB, touchdown dogs here. This is a 7 p.m. game. You can catch it, I I guess, in San Antonio. Um, So UAB does not lose at home. Legion Field is now a well-established death trap, not just for the teams that come to play, but also anyone who walks into there. Um, It's just not safe. But they're not at Legion Field this week, so I think uh, San Antonio will play very close. I'm actually going to give a real line on this game. Um, I'm going to say 48-42 UAB wins. I would like to pick UAB this week, but you know the shootings down there near San Antonio. I'm going to hope that the the miners pull it out there, get a W. Uh, I'll take the UTSA. I'll take um, oh, UTSA is not the minors. Let's see, t- UTSA. I'll take um, twenty-eight twenty-seven. One Okay, and then finally, our last game I have to preview this week is seven and one Yale against Princeton, who's five and three. Mm-hmm. This is a, a 1 p.m. game. Tell me your thoughts on this one, Mark. Well, it's going to be a good one. It's homecoming here for the Princeton Tigers, uh, which should be uh, a lot of fun. And, Jason, you're going to be here for the game, right? I am going to be there for the game. You and I are going to watch this college football team <laughs> in person, uh, or college football teams play each other in person. Um, but you and I, we're like oil and vinegar. I think this, that's why this podcast works. We agree on practically nothing except for most things. Um, but this is where we disagree. So I know you're going to pick Princeton. I'm going yeah. to pick Yale because wow. Rory Gilmore did not go to Princeton, and she could have. Wow. She was accepted to Princeton, Yale, and Harvard, and Lorelai Gilmore actually called Princeton stinking filthy. So I think Yale wins big. I will be wearing my, I don't know, gray and blue or whatever the heck their their colors are. Wow. Well, um, that's pretty bad. Yeah, I think uh, I think Princeton is going to win this game. It's homecoming. They need to salvage a little bit of the season. Here's what you don't know, Jason. Here's what you don't know about Princeton tradition here. 
has little to do with the the teams themselves. Although I think Chad Kanoff, the quarterback, sure. he's gonna he's gonna go off. Uh, he'll throw for over 300 yards, shred the defense, and we'll win 38-31 here uh, at Powers Field on Saturday at 1 p.m. But what you don't know is uh, Princeton did beat Harvard. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave them one of the worst loss, home losses they've ever had in the history of their football team, which is a long time. Uh, and if Princeton beats Yale, then there's this kind of bonfire that they do to celebrate beating both uh, Harvard and Yale. So they have some motivation. I think the Ivy League championship is a little out of reach for them at this point with two losses. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got the bonfire to look forward to, something to, to cheer about at the end of the season if they beat Yale. So I think they'll pull it out 38-31. Should be an exciting game. Yale's a great team at 7-1. and one. Uh, And so, yeah, I'm going to take Princeton over Yale. And just in case you're wondering if you want to catch this game, it will be televised on 11 sports and also streamed on the Ivy League Network. So uh, you got Bill Spaulding and Jack Ford there on the play-by-play and the color commentary. So be sure to check in uh, to 11 sports or Ivy League Network if you're interested in watching this game. should be an exciting one. 11 sports. I've never heard of it. What was their letter grade in sports? Did they get a B? <laughs> yeah, they're they're B plus sports. They're B plus. <laughs> well, it's good. All right. Uh, so that's our podcast for the week. Unless you have any other games you want to talk about. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. You know, um, I'm looking forward to seeing how Alabama does against Mississippi State. What that defense looks like, and I'm looking forward to watching a football game with you up here. Uh, should be a good time to watch the 140th meeting between Princeton and Yale. Sure. I just uh, hope that they don't throw me on that bonfire <laughs> for wearing all those Yale colors. They won't. Uh, if you can figure out what the right colors are. I, don't, uh, I probably won't. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, I think, man, this is shaping up to be a great weekend in college football, uh, which also means, Jason, we didn't really talk about We're going to watch the Mississippi State-Alabama game together as well. Yeah, we are. Um, so man, we it got an exciting week of football. It could be, especially since we might have some Mississippi State fans there. So, yeah. is that right? Uh, well, we'll talk about it later. This is terrible. All right, uh, but that's it for us on processing college football. Again, find us on iTunes. Find us on Google Play. Rate and review us. It really helps with our rankings. You can. Tweet at us with the hashtag SlantingC and tell us what games you're looking forward to. I actually don't have any special comments to give you, but uh, if you hashtag SlantingC, then uh, we'll know you were listening. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> we'll get something out of it this time for once. Oh, uh, yeah, it's just a total surprise. All right. Uh, have a good one. See ya. See ya.